0: Hi, this is Dr. William Renner. I'm here with Dr. Alan Safdie. Thank you for joining us on the best series of podcasts in America on wellness and longevity, in our opinion. Dr. Safty is the past president and chairman of the Ohio GI and Liver Institute, the past chairman of the Deaconess Hospital Gastroenterology Department. He's been involved in more than 35 years of evidence-based research. Go to telluridelongevityinstitute.org for more information on these lectures. Today, uh, Alan, we're talking about some exciting topic and also a little bit depressing topic, gastric reflux. Uh, it's depressing because I've got it. And I want to talk about the treatment of it. There's not only the the symptoms of it, but the treatment of it. I'm on proton pump inhibitors. Um, PPIs, they're called. Um, uh, they're, some of the more popular ones are Prilo- Prilosac, Nexium, uh, Omiprazole is a generic one. Um, there's a lot of side effects on these medicines and I'm concerned about it. Uh, well, first of all, let me ask you, do you ever get reflux? Uh, great question, Bill. Um, if I do get reflux, I usually know
1: why I get reflux. So it's only a couple of times per year. And it's usually something I did to precipitate reflux. But let, let's take a step back. What are we talking about? We're talking about acid that comes from your stomach up into your esophagus. Um, the, there's a valve at the bottom of your esophagus, a so lower esophageal sphincter, and that should be relatively tight. It should be a one-way valve so that food can go down, then it closes tightly. So acid doesn't come up and there's peak acid secretions about an hour and again at three hours after you eat. So if you exercise an hour after you had a meal or even within three hours and it's a large meal, yeah, you may get reflux. Uh, if you especially do Pilates or yoga or something where you're laying on the floor in a supine position and lost the effect of gravity and you had a fatty meal a few hours before that, yes, you may get reflux. So yes, I've had reflux. Um, one of the ways people treat it is the medicines you're talking about, proton pump inhibitors. And we're going to discuss a little bit, uh, numerous serious adverse events that people have discussed over the years, some proven, some unproven, such as cardiovascular disease, secondary these, acute kidney damage, chronic kidney damage, dementia, pneumonia, gastric cancer, infections in the colon cluster, which is Clostridium difficile, and even osteoporosis or osteoporotic fracture. So they do have risks. Uh, they're over-the-counter, and we assume when things are over-the-counter, there are no risk. And we're going to delve a little bit
0: more into some of these risks and how to avoid taking these medicines
1: in some respects.
0: All right. Well, for me, my reflex is usually when I lay down at night, I get this acid feeling that goes up in the back of my throat. Sometimes it tastes like bile. And if I take my my PPIs, uh, I don't have that feeling. But um, as you mentioned, I'm very concerned about all these long term effects of these drugs. Um, before we talk about the complications of these drugs, what about treating it on non uh, non medical ways, non pill like um, treatment? Is there are there other treatments instead of using the PPIs? <laughs>
1: There's a lot of treatments. I mean, one of the things a physician should always do is say, can we treat something with lifestyle changes? Um, we look at waist circumference. We sit there with dietary logs. So what foods exacerbate this? Fatty foods, fried foods, greasy foods, large meals. So if you eat a large meal, you're more prone to reflux. If it includes fats, even more prone to reflux. If it includes tomato sauces, uh, which relax the lower esophageal sphincter peppermints, chocolate, alcohol, all of those things relax a lower esophageal sphincter. So eating late at night and laying down, yeah, and if it's a larger meal, and unfortunately in the United States, that's one of the larger meals of the day, we wanna to try to avoid that. And we wanna take a look and have a dinner that's smaller, one not associated with a lot of fatty foods, not associated with alcohol, uh, and give ourselves a few hours before we lay down at night. And we can also use head of the bed elevation on blocks. So three to six inch blocks under the top of the bed bedpost. Uh, so the bed's on a slant. So we're using gravitational pull. So a doctor really needs to look at the lifestyle. When are you exercising? How are you exercising? Do you lay flat? What are your meals? You know, we look at abdominal girth. So the bigger the abdominal girth, the more reflux you're going to have, the more intra-abdominal pressure. So there's lots of ways to treat this without medications. And unfortunately, the medicines are so effective, we feel, heck, I can eat whatever I want. I'm just going to take these medicines the rest of my life.
0: Yeah, these medicines, uh, they're highly effective, but uh, they make my reflux go away completely. Uh, but as I read through the literature, um, the literature says that uh, patients are on these for long, long periods um, without any apparent uh, cause, Um one study in Italy, which I which I was reviewed, said that 30% of the population over the age of 55 were taking PPIs, and more than three-fourths of them had no clear-cut indication for taking those medicines. They get started on them, and they just keep taking them.
1: That's absolutely true. Um, they're effective, so you don't know that, and they're so effective that you're not sure, can you stop? You know, have you tried to stop, Bill? I mean, how many times have you tried to stop? You're probably (laughs) scared to stop.
0: I have tried to stop. And when I try to stop, it comes back with a vengeance. I get reflux that night. I can tell if if I miss a dose of pills, I can tell. But that's one thing I wanted to, I was excited about this topic is because I wanted to get your advice on how to get off PPIs. How can someone that uh, has reflux get off these medicines, these long-term medicines that appear to have, at least in some individuals, some various serious side effects? Yeah, I mean, let's talk for a second about some of the side effects and then how you would get them. There's
1: two recent studies, um, and one of them uh, was both observational studies, and one of them looked at is there data to link them to excess cardiovascular disease and renal mortality? meaning significant kidney disease or cardiovascular disease. And in one study, chronic use of these was associated with higher cardiovascular disease and higher kidney disease risk. Um, So it's limiting PPI use to well-documented indications for shorter duration seems reasonable. And another study, which was really fascinating, um, was that proton pump inhibitors Increase the risk of hip fractures, even. Uh, it changes your absorption rates of certain trace minerals, such as calcium. Um, but it was a meta-analysis of 24 different studies, and they found there was an increased risk of hip fractures that could go all the way up to 20% uh, increased risk. So high higher sustained doses are associated with the greatest risk. So one of the things people have to do is discuss this with your physicians. We cannot be anybody's physician. So any recommendations you get, always discuss with your physicians. And this is how I would approach it. Again, if I get reflux, I take an H2 antagonist, such as ranitidine or uh, Zantac or Pepcid. And I just take a dose and then I probably don't take it again for three to six months. But I have reflux extremely rarely. Um, If... You know, I know somebody that gets reflux every time they go to Pilates twice a week. I tell them, take it before you go to Pilates, um, but use an H2 antagonist. You've been on proton pump inhibitors for a long period of time. If you stop, you're going to have a rebound increase in acid secretion. So that by that evening, if you miss your dose in the morning, you're going to have significant acid secretion, more than you even had prior to going on the medicines. Your body has not been making as much acid. You're making a hormone that wants you to make more acid, but it can't that hormone that wants you to make more acid is still there, but the blockade of that acid secretion is not there. So if you're going to be stopping, you have to talk to your physician about titrating down slowly over weeks to months to slowly get off and substituting something milder, such as the H2 antagonist, such as the Xantax or the Pepsis or the Famotidine, Ranitidines, and slowly getting off. So in your case, we talked about you missing one day a week. And on that day, Using an H2 antagonist, such as Zantac, And for that day. And then after a few weeks, if you're doing okay, you miss two days per week, but not consecutively. And so it may take you months to get off. You may not be able to get off. Certain people can't get off and have significant problems, such as Barrett's esophagus or bleeding esophageal ulcers that will be on the rest of their life. And if you can't get off, screen for the abnormalities. Watch your kidney function test, get routine blood work. So if you have to stay on, Make sure you're getting blood work to look at your kidney function test, look at your bone density, because we can prevent things if we know in advance. So do you get blood work? And if you had routine calcium scores uh, or osteoporosis scores?
0: Uh, Yeah. Luckily, I've talked to my doctor about this and uh, told her I was very worried about being on these medicines and having trouble getting off. So uh, every six months, she uh, checks on my blood work and Make sure that uh, that it uh, looks good. The other thing I wanted to ask you about is that people talk about uh, vitamin B twelve not being absorbed on these medicines. Is that true? And should they should I supplement that?
1: That's a good question about B twelve. You know, unfortunately, uh, we have great screening tests for B twelve. Part of your routine blood work I get with people that are on long-term proton pump inhibitors. And remember, we're talking about proton pump inhibitors they are really strong medications. We're not talking about the H2 antagonists, which are things like Zantac, Pepsid, Famotidine, Ranitidine. We're talking about the Nexium, Prilosex, and Meprazole, uh, which are much stronger. So we've got blood tests. Some of the routine blood tests that I always did in the past was renal function every six months, which you're already getting. I would often get a B12 every year or two. I would get iron studies because it can affect iron absorption. Um, I would get a serum magnesium because it can, it can be associated with low magnesium levels. And I would make sure that we were following DEXA scans or bone density tests in these patients. Also, one of the things I think is pertinent for everybody is to make sure you discuss with your physicians any new studies that may come up at you. Um, always with all medications, you know, is there any new data. One of the things we mentioned early on um, that with these new studies, the evidence that mortality due to cardiovascular disease and chronic kidney disease uh, is there for these medicines used in high dose long term. It increases, but slightly increases. It's not a tremendous increase. There's an absolute indication to take these screen for the implications. But because of the high prevalence of These medications being used, the proton pump inhibitors, the findings have a lot of public health implications and underscore the important message that these medicines should only be used when medically indicated and for minimum duration necessary. So, But always discuss all this information with your doctors. Uh, As I said, in my case, I take the weaker medications, the H2 antagonists, such as the generic Zantac, Um, but lifestyle is the first way we treat all diseases. So one of the first things you want to be looking at is your lifestyle.
0: All right, Alan, thank you. This is a great uh, talk. I know it's helped me a great deal. Uh, For everyone who's listening, please go to the website, telluridelongevityinstitute.org for more information on these lectures. Also, you can leave comments or suggestions for future talks. Thank you. Don't forget to leave an evaluation, a great evaluation, uh, at our podcast sites, uh, remember, uh, we are not doing this for profit. It's to get information out to people in order for us to get out to the most people, the most information. We need great, uh, great evaluations. If, if you don't think our show was great, give us an email and let us know why. If you do, give us an evaluation. Thank you.